0: Thank you for listening to this message from Life in the Sun Christian Fellowship. We hope you'll be inspired to honor God and make disciples. Well, half a day, It's good to be here. Wow. See the room full like this. This is fantastic. This is a dream come true. Amen. I'm, I'm just so so delighted to, to be here kind of in your new era Uh, I I remember coming and, you know, I've been coming a lot in the last couple of years and generally here speaking on on Sunday and I I would speak at the 9 o'clock service for the uh, New Covenant Life and then see you guys running and sweating and rushing and getting on. And I came in today drinking coffee and relaxing (laughs) and talk story and having, uh, it feels good, yeah? And, uh, of course, along with... uh, Great gifting comes great responsibility, like roofs leaking and <laughs> mowing the grass and things like that. But that's, that's maturity and that's life. I'm very, very, very happy. Just thank you to Mark and Terry. It's, it's a blessing, all that you have done, Elmer, and, and our, our traveling companions to New Zealand together. Yeah, it's good to be back. Anyhow, uh, I, I have a, some photos, if, if you can put that up for me, it'd be very nice, just show you my, my family. So uh, several of us were together in Malaysia this year for our uh, Asian Build Conference, our pastors gathered, and I stopped in Singapore on the way, because my younger daughter, the one with the pink thing there, um, she lives in Singapore and works there with Rachel Ong, If some of you know, Rachel and uh, next to her, the, the, the shortest one and the prettiest one, that's my wife, okay? <laughs> and we've been married a long time, 30, gosh, five years or something. And then next to her, the, the one with the beard, he is not a terrorist. That's my son in law. <laughs> uh, he married my daughter. He's, he's our campus director for Japan, is Skek Hosoi. And uh, my daughter, Sarah. And that's my my little granddaughter. You can show the next picture because I think I brought several of her this is she's two years old, okay, and uh, she'll be three later this year so we we are delighted to have her so I when I saw the princess dinner, I wanted to bring her because <laughs> she's she's my princess. She comes to me and says, "Grandpa, my name's not Irene today. it's Princess Sophia." <laughs> and so all of you who have. Daughters understand, but what I'm excited—I had two girls and a granddaughter. I had a girl dog. I never had young men. So, but we're gonna put the next picture up. We're going to have a baby boy into my house. So I'm excited about that. And uh, I just wanted to, you know, to to let you know that when your pastor Mark travels around the world, he isn't just sitting around the pool drinking uh, diet coke. Okay. When Mark and Terry came and were with us this past summer, we killed them. <laughs> they were, put that picture up, and uh, I have a... Uh, oh, 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 put the next one up. We'll move on. The next one. So Mark, uh, we, we did a whole Elijah house in three days or four days. I forget. We did a whole week's worth of things, and we did it on Sunday. And so we did session in the morning, and then Mark came and preached two services, and then we had another session in the afternoon. And then we pumped it full of uh, oxygen, and we did it again the next day. And so uh, just keep going through. I think there's one more. And uh, we just had a a great time together, and we all went out to eat. And I wanted to show you how disciplined Mark was. His little piece of pie compared to everybody else's, which was huge. Okay, and uh, anyhow, enough of that. I want to uh, speak to you. Well, let's pray first. Father, I thank you for this word. I thank you that it will not just be educational or inspirational, but it would be life, it would be power, and it would be prophetic, it would be healing, and it would, it would do what you desire, which is to change our lives. Challenge us, equip us, educate us, inspire us, give us a kick in the pants if we need it. In Jesus' name, amen. Um, in the Bible, it says, It is a good thing to give thanks unto the Lord and to sing praises unto thy name, O Most High. Psalms ninety two 92.1. That's, that's the verse I want to kick off with this afternoon or this morning. That it is a good thing to give thanks. And I know what your church has gone through in these last several months. As much as it's exciting to get on your rollerblades, it's still scary to be on the rollerblades. As much as it's fun to go up and down in a roller coaster, it's not easy. It's not normal. It's not what what you do on an everyday type of thing. But you guys have been in that situation. And I, I've been, you know, talking with Mark and Terry and coming back and forth, and we text each other all the time. You've been in my prayers much. And a couple Sundays ago when you went through your drama, <laughs> I, I was so, uh, I got a text from him, I think that afternoon, and, and I, I cried, because I knew exactly all that you were going through, and you had the faith to say, okay, if we walk away, we'll walk away, God's got something better for us, that was your biggest weapon, and then you just, God, it's in your hands, that, that's, that's who we are as believers, we have this wonderful thing called providence, it's God's gonna do what God's gonna do, he is our victory as we sang about this morning. And, and you're willing to step back because a lot of people don't step back because they want it so bad. They say, okay, we'll, we'll do something that we shouldn't do just to get it done. And that's foolishness. And, and I was very proud in, and of the wisdom of your leaders to just step back and say, well, if we lose it, we lose it. God's some, got, got something else. And, of course, that's what triggered your uh, lease to finally start to come through here. So I'm very happy for that. But what I want to do with you this morning is we stop and say, well, we need to stop and say, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Sometimes in the busyness of, of just going through all this stuff, I, I'm so blessed that Pastor Mark got up and gave you some of these stories to be thankful for. You almost need to record them. You know, I, I like to do this sometimes to, to, for myself as I keep an empty jar. When everything's going really good, I open the jar and put some of the air of this good goodness, all these good things happen, and then close it up, put it on the shelf, because next week I need to open it up and breathe it. <laughs> and remember that it is a good thing to give thanks to the Lord. Thanksgiving is very good for us. That's why we came here this morning and we spend so much time singing. It's not just because we spend a lot of money on sound systems. <laughs> we sing because... We're declaring our thanks. We're declaring what a beautiful name it is. We're declaring, yeah, the victory, what he did for me. And in the doing of it, it's a good thing. In fact, the apostle Paul tells the early believers and us, in in everything give thanks, for this is the will of Christ Jesus concerning you. In everything, say everything. everything. That means the bad things too. Because he's working everything for good to those who love his name. And we really, really believe that. Well, the the scripture I have for you this morning, it's it's a Bible story that uh, most of us don't spend a lot of time on. And uh, it's a story of Isaac. It comes in your Bible in Genesis chapter 26. And in this, let me give you the background of the story. You remember Isaac was the son of Abraham. And Abraham was a blessed, blessed man. And finally, as, as we were speaking earlier, in Isaac was born. And he became, the Bible says here in chapter 20, he became very wealthy. He became very prosperous. The, the blessings of his father multiplied into his life. He became a very prosperous, very blessed man. And in that place in Canaan where they were living, people looked at him with wonder, with awe, with wow, and with fear because of his powerful uh, abundance that was happening to him. And we're going to pick up the story there. So in verse 17 of Genesis 26, if you have your Bible, you can follow along here. It says, Isaac departed from there. He departed from from where he had been living, where it talks about how prosperous he came. And he moved out to the valley of Gerar, and he settled there. Isn't this exciting already? (laughs) And Isaac dug again the wells of water that had been dug in the days of Abraham his father, which the Philistines had stopped after the death of Abraham And he gave them the names that his father had given them. So what's happening? Isaac's saying, okay, we need to go into a bigger place. Kind of like you guys. We need to move into a different arrangement. And my dad had prepared something for, had done this place before. And in the Middle East, you know, what is the most important commodity is water. Especially in that day. So he went out into this dry, arid place, and he said, I know there's wells there because my dad prepared them before Abraham. But he got there, and what had happened, of course, is the enemy, the Philistines, had filled them in. And that's kind of how the Lord does sometimes. Sometimes we rely so much on what mom and dad did. We rely so much on what the the people before us did that when we go there, God's saying, okay, now it's your turn. The land is here, but the victory still has to be taken by you. Isn't that what life is all about, as much as we don't like it? I'd like the easy life. Who would like an easy life? Any, just me? Everybody wants an easy life. But but I'm glad you came to church today because I can tell you the truth. There is no easy life. I had a a young leader that I was raising up once. And we used to do coffee shop evangelism. And in the coffee shop, he's just a new Christian. And he gets up and he says, you know, if you become a Christian, you will never, ever have trouble again in your life. And everyone, wow, that's great, man. He'd been a Christian in his long Christian life of six weeks. He had never (laughs) had trouble. So I got up afterwards and said, I have to do a little disclaimer there. That's not true. You become a Christian, you will have trouble. If you don't become a Christian, you'll have more trouble. But the reality is, life is full of trouble. Rain falls on good people. Rain falls on bad people. When the earthquake shakes, it shakes good and bad people. Right? But the difference is, we have the victory. We have someone going through us. We have that beautiful name. We have Jesus Christ with us. And that's why we have no fear of the trouble because in the midst of the trouble, Jesus is with us. Getting back to our story, Isaac is having to realize that I cannot just live off the good name of my father and what he's done. Verse 18. So Isaac dug again the wells of the... I read that already. Verse 19. But then Isaac's servants dug in the valley... Because they couldn't use the wells that they had had. And they found there a well of spring water. And the herdsmen of Gerar quarreled with Isaac's herdsmen saying, The water is ours. So he called the name of the well Essek. Because they contended with him. Isn't this an exciting story? Don't you remember it? Studying it in your Sunday school? No, you don't. It's not a story we talk about too much. But... But I I think there's some very prophetic stuff for us here today. They dug their own well. Didn't do anything wrong. He did something good. He did what he was supposed to do. We'll get our own water. We're not going to worry about dad's water. We're going to get our own water. And they dug it up. As soon as they dig it up, here comes the enemy. And they begin to fight. And they said, the water is ours. Now, he could have said, no, it's not want beef, malakamumu, you know, he could have said that, you know, see, I am from here, I know those things, yeah, boy, malakamumu, you know, and, uh, but he, he didn't say that, he, he just stepped away, and he said, we're going to name it, we're going to give it a name, so that we remember, and he called it Essek, because they contended, Essek just means that they contended. So they moved on, they dug another well, and they quarreled over this one also, and he called it Sitna. And Sitna also means contention, it means fighting, it means like we don't get along. Enmity is the word. When you guys are moving into this new arrangement that this is truly becoming your building, Satan sat back and said, this is so great. Do you think he said that? No, that's not the Bible way. I was reading in my devotion this morning about when David became king, when he was proclaimed king, the next verse, and the Philistines came and attacked him. That's the way of the Christian life. When you're entering into something new and something good, there will always be pushback from the enemy. Why? Because he's the enemy, he doesn't want you to succeed. He has been battling against God's first blessing over mankind from the very beginning. What was the first blessing? Be fruitful and multiply. Adam and Eve, be fruitful, expand, move out. And so he tries to stop that. And so when things don't go as smooth and as easy as you think, at first you need to look, God, are we doing something wrong? But A lot of times it's nothing wrong. It's just an attack of the enemy. And then you lift up your hands and say, what a beautiful name. Did did, did you feel it today? What a beautiful name. And then we switched the the word. What a powerful name. As we were singing that this morning, that, that hit me so strong. That beautiful name is not just, oh, Jesus. It's Jesus. Amen. What a powerful name. I am a nice person. I really am, until you push certain buttons in my life, and then you better run away, because I forget that I'm 60 years old, and I remember who I'm a big guy, okay? That, that's how we have to be. You can push me so far, but we need to fight back, amen? And how do we fight back? You fight back by keep on going, by don't give up. So what does our hero do in this story? He goes and he digs another well. He didn't say, I quit. No. He goes and digs another well. And this time, verse 22, they did not quarrel over it. And here's the word that I got for you. December, as I was praying about this trip and coming here for our every nation world here, this is what the Lord gave me. And he called its name Rehoboth, say that with me, Rehoboth, saying, For now the Lord has made room for us, and we shall be fruitful in the land. And I felt that so much for you, life in the sun. Now the Lord has made room for us, and we shall be fruitful in the land. You've dug your wells, Satan's filled it in. got up, you dug your wells, Satan came and battled again. You just kept going. You dug your well. And this time he said, no more. No more. And you've come into your Rehoboth. That's my word for you today. You've come into your Rehoboth. Isaac had spent most of his life as a wanderer. God blessed him. But he still had no peace. Water being, you can show, I, I just put some pictures of wells. You can flash that through so you can get an idea of what it was like. It was a very dry and a barren land. Water was everything to them. Just Keep on going, there's one, one more, okay? And, but they came to their Rehoboth. And in this Rehoboth, which is still there, you can go still see it to these days, the water is still coming out. And it became their fruitful place. It became their broad place. It became their place with room. What do you name in your life? We put names on things that are precious to us. We put names on it for two things. One is to remember, so that's why you put the two kind of scary names on those other wells. But on this well, he put this beautiful name, Rehoboth. And, and if you've been a Christian a while, you know, you hear that word a lot, Rehoboth. A lot of times it's the name of a hospital because it's a resting place. It's a fruitful place. It's a name of an old folks, Christian old folks home or something, or a care facility or a drug prevention area or, or a campsite or something, Rehoboth. Because it has a good connotation. It has a good healing, restful place. What do you put names on in your life? We put names on our children, right? Because when we put the name on our children, we're, we're putting a dream of, of it's just not a cool sounding name, but the meaning behind that name. That's what we hope they will grow up into, right? We put a name on, on our, some of the men put names on their cars, right? Your musicians might put them on the name of their guitar. I know the ladies all have names for their favorite shoes. I, I don't know, but... But we put names on things that are precious because we, we, we want to remember and, and not forget. And I think as, as you're going through these weeks of miracles, God wants you to remember that this is your Rehoboth. And uh, for Life in the Sun, I know it's a very, very beautiful, beautiful season. But I, I'd like to take this into you as an individual because tomorrow morning. You have to go to work. <laughs> Kids got to go back to school. University started up again. Some of you got to go home to a home that's not very happy. Your bank book still is messed up as ever. Your business is still in a, in a, in a hard place right now. And and God is, is saying to you, yeah, but I'm in charge. And I'm bringing you to your Rehoboth. And I want to bring you there. So that you will understand that as long as it says in Galatians 6, 9. As long as we do not grow weary of doing what is good. In due season we will reap if we don't give up. The key key to victory is never, never give up. Right? And I think if you read through your New Testament. You know, Paul writes all these lists. He loves lists. But in almost every list, there's the word perseverance, forbearance, patience. Love is patient. And he says here, this is one of my favorite life verses. Don't grow weary of doing good. For in due season, you will reap if you don't give up. The key to success, brothers and sisters, is to get up in the morning and make your cup of coffee, open your Bible and read. Pray, say, this is the day that the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. As we sang that song, bless the Lord, O my soul. That one verse, in the morning or in the sun going down. You get the goosebumps when they sing those songs. yeah? Because that's what it's all about. God is in control. This well didn't work. I'll go dig one more. That one don't work. I'll dig another one. As long as I'm in the will of God and keep going and keep going and keep going, I will succeed. We need to hear that. That's basic Christianity 101. But we forget it because we get overwhelmed by life. Maybe some of you just need to hear that. God's bringing you to your Rehoboth. Your Rehoboth. Say it again. Rehoboth. Two things about this phrase that I wanted to hit with you. One thing is it's it's a word of thanksgiving for, for Isaac. Because it's finally we have our wide place. It's where we're supposed to be. And the natural heart of the human being is to forget when good things happen. But God says it's a good thing to give thanks. Right, it's a good thing to give thanks. Now, when you're in pain, what do you do? You pray, right? When you're about to have an accident, you say Jesus, right? All of you kids, go and take your test tomorrow, Jesus. You pray. Right now, it's, it's test season in Japan, and the kids are, 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 you know, this is the big thing, the entrance examinations. And so the, 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 the general practice of the, the culture there is with mom, you know, whether you're a college, going into college or going to high school, you go to these certain shrines and certain temples, and you, you write your prayer on these boards, and you hang them on these walls. And, and if you go this time of year, you'll see literally tens of thousands of these prayers. And that's I would go practice reading my Japanese because you can read their prayers there. And it's got to help me get into Tokyo University or help me get into this university or that university. And, and they go before the shrine and pray. And they're praying fervently, even if they don't believe. They pray. Every atheist prays when they have a need, <laughs> right? So they pray. And then you go to that same shrine the day of the entrance exam announcements. There's no prayers. Nobody goes back and say, thanks, huh? Arigato gozaimasu. Nobody writes that. And I, and I remember just going, seeing that and thinking, that's such the human heart. We're all that way. We don't point our finger at people. Because when you're in pain, all you want is to get out of that pain. But there's something happens. When you're out of the pain, it's, it's not that you're bad or you're evil. It's just the pain's gone. And the expediency of this thing is not there anymore, and therefore you just forget about it. And that could have happened to Isaac, but he put a name on it. And every time on his sojourning as a shepherd, they'd stop there. Yeah, this is Rehoboth. Remember this? Rehoboth. That's what Thanksgiving is, putting a little landmark and saying, this is what God has done Let's remember this. This is important to remember. Do you remember the story of the 10 lepers? And they come to Jesus, and, and Jesus heals all 10 of them. Remember the story? Leprosy was a horrible disease. It still is. But in those days, it was a death sentence. And not only a death sentence, it was, a, it was exclusion. You couldn't be with any other people. You were, you were, you're an outcast. These 10 guys all got Healed. And they go to Jerusalem, to the priest, to show themselves. And only one comes back. One comes back, okay? How, what's that percentage there, Edgar? Hey, 10%, 10%, okay? All the GW people, i have to teach you, okay? JFK people, we know that. 10%, we know, okay? GW people, I'm sorry, sorry. So 10%, one in 10. Only one guy came back. Remember the story, and and he comes back and and, and, and catch this because as I was going through that, I was thinking this is so important because he comes back and he says, "Lord, thank you," you know, and the and the Lord says, "We're not we're there not ten, and only this one Gentile has come back to say thank you." He's basically, saying, "What happened to those other nine guys? Wasn't that the biggest thing that ever happened in their life?" See that's the natural human response is we forget. But listen to this: when this guy came back, Jesus looks at him and says, "Friend, your faith has made you whole. Your faith has healed you." And as I contemplated that, I, I, I thought this guy not only got his healing, but he got the assurance that he was going to walk in this healing the rest of his life, and. And and Jesus says this to him, He says, Your faith, what brought the faith was that He came back to say, Thank you. That's our part. That's our work. That's what we need to do. Not just say, Oh, God, thank you, and then forget all about it. But come back and say, Really, I am thankful for what you've done. It's against our natural inclination to be thankful. We come back and say, thank you for what you have done. And Jesus said, Fred, your faith, the fact that you came back here has made you well. Those other nine guys for the rest of their life every morning got up and looked, am I still better? Am I still okay? But this Gentile guy got up and said, hey, I know I'm okay because God himself told me your faith has made you well. And he walked away a believer with eternal life and not just healing from a disease. It is a good thing to give thanks. It is a good thing to come to our Rehoboth and put a name on it and say, thank you, Lord, for all you've done. So, life in the sun, let's be thankful. Every one of these miracles that God's doing for you as a church and you as an individual, be thankful. In in Japanese, the word for thanks, you always hear the word arigato, but there's a more... Formal term because it's a very, you know, honor culture. And we use the word. It's called kansha shimasu, kansha. And it comes from the Chinese characters, which is kang, which means my emotion, my feeling. And the word sha is the word to shoot out. So it's an act of, it's It's not just I feel good about it. I'm going to shoot it out at you. And that then I sometimes I realize that these Chinese characters have a lot of Christianity into them. And it's like when we worship God, what do we do? We We push up our thanks. We push up our bless the Lord, oh, my soul. We order ourselves. So that's kind of as we go into 2018. Can we say I will be thankful? And then the second aspect of this name, which goes back to why we name our children, is, of course, it was a very prophetic thing. He prophesied, he says, God has given us a wide place, and he has made us fruitful. And I think for the rest of Isaac's life, he would say, you know, when you're going to go to that new area, go to Rehoboth and make a left. Go to the wide place. Go to the settled place. Go to the place where we became fruitful because we're going to become more fruitful. Who was Isaac again? He was the son of Abraham. Isaac was the guy who carried the wood up the hill. <laughs> laid down, was about to be killed by the his father, and God provided the lamb. Isaac was he he knew the promises of his father because he was in the story. He was the promised son. He was the the one that was supposed to be killed who came back to life. So he he had a very important role in this whole story. So he understood. The covenantal blessing of the father given to his father that he would walk in the blessing of Abraham. That as many as the stars are in the sky and the sand is in the earth, that is what God is going to do for me. He probably had even heard about his his way back uh, grandfather of us all, Adam, and I said earlier, who was told, be fruitful and multiply. It is the plan and the will of God for every person to go forward to expand, to multiply. God did not come and start this church here how many years ago with the purpose of saying, yeah, let's just be a little Bible study and drink uh, Kool-Aid together or something, you know. (laughs) (laughs) Kool-Aid. You know what I'm talking about? God put this church here, as he's put all of our other brothers and sister churches around this island, for the purpose to redeem and to bring life and to bring honor into this island and throughout Micronesia. I really believe that. So prophetically, God is speaking to you, I believe, to say that you are in your Rehoboth. In Isaiah 54 is a verse that I have lived my life a lot about, and it's about the prophet talking to the can you, can you put that Isaiah 54 verse up there for me? That when, when the prophet Isaiah is coming to the people, and they're in this very dark and desolate time, he says to them, you know, maybe you need some encouragement. And the, and the, and the metaphor he gives is this. He says, you know, you have no children, and you compare yourself to the woman who has lots of children. And the word of the Lord says to you, sing, O barren, sing, because you're going to have many more children than even her. And then here's the verse. If you could put that up for me, please. Isaiah 54, verse 2. Enlarge the place of your tent and let the curtains of your habitation be stretched out. Do not hold back. Lengthen your cords and strengthen your stakes. For you will spread abroad to the right and to the left and your offspring will possess the nation's. And will people the desolate cities. This is a very strong word I felt strongly in my heart to share with you as a church. That as you have now taken possession of this building, it's like he's saying, "Okay, you've stretched out your curtains. You've stretched out your walls. And he's coming to you and he says, now take those stakes. Because this is what's important. The stakes is the relationship into him. It's your integrity, it's your holiness, it's that being deeply grounded into Christ. And you need to go out around this building and, and in your own life with this hammer again and just make sure those stakes are big enough to hold this big, big, big tent down. Amen? Because God says, I'm going to break out to the right. I'm going to break out to the left. This is not your pastor's vision. This is not, you know, the Taylor's vision when he came here all those years ago. This is not the vision that the Philippines, when they sent the people. This is God's vision. Amen. And God said, I will build my house. I will build my church. Our job is to honor him, make disciples. Honor him, make disciples. And then he will build the church. But we have to to see that because that's his plan, we have to let the walls open up. We have to expand it. And we have to kind of sit here today and do that double thing and say, this is our Rehoboth. We've come into our wide place. Thank you. But also, this is our Rehoboth. This is going to be a wide place. This is going to be an impactful place because it is God's plan From generations past. To do something great through this body. Amen. Amen.